we we dealt with forgiveness and brokenness and we had just an amazing flood of people coming and sharing the brokenness of their heart and praying with each other welcome to the one cry podcast a nationwide call for spiritual awakening the goal accelerating the movement of god through sharing revival truth stories and reports and now your hosts Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome again to our One Cry podcast. Uh, I'm Bill Elif. This is Kyle Reno. And uh, Kyle, I'm just loving this. Man, I mean, it's fun. Well, I, I love that we get to talk about uh, things that uh, I think are really critical in our day yeah. leading to revival and spiritual awakening. Yeah. And, you know, today we're going to look about something that's kind of foundational. Right. Uh, it's the way forward. Really, right. it's the way to walk in a real move mm-hmm. of God. And if you don't know where you're going, you can get in a whole lot of trouble. Right. So I was telling you a little bit about this story. Uh, I, I'm a deer hunter, you know, pride myself to be yeah. a deer hunter, Rambo. to harvest, yeah. you know, all those things. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I first, I remember one of my earliest hunting stories is I went with my uh, buddies to his dad, with his dad. His dad was over SWAT in Birmingham. He's now, I think, like the lead guy over homicide for the whole wow. city, Birmingham, Alabama. That's a guy you don't mess with. Oh, he's bad. He was an army ranger. Yeah. You know, okay. So, I mean, he sees the world a little different than a 15-year-old <laughs> yeah, does, right? So, he, <laughs> he pulls up in the dark in this part of Alabama I've never been to. And he says, hey, your stand's right there, you know, and, and he says, you can, you should be able to see it. Just walk that direction. You'll be able to see it. And, and then listen, when I, when it's over with at 10 o'clock, you get down and there's this, this little road that you will follow, go west. You know, he's telling yeah. me directions like I'm an army ranger, yeah. go west <laughs> and you'll run right into me, you know, yeah. and I, that, so I'm like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. so I, I, you know. Sort of stumble around the dark. Well, you got find camo on. You don't want to admit that you don't. <laughs> yeah, right. You have a rifle yeah. in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Army Ranger. Yes, yes yeah. sir. Yes, sir. So I stumble around the dark and I find the stand, praise yeah. God. So I get up in the stand, hunt, see some deer, yada, yada, yada. And when it comes time to get down, mm-hmm. and I get down and I'm thinking, okay, he's said this direction. And so I walk and I sure enough, I find a little trail. Mm-hmm. I said, well, this must be it. Yeah. Well, I start walking. It's it's leading me toward him, you know. Well, that trail becomes you know less and less apparent mm-hmm. as as I go, and and but I've walked a while now, and it starts becoming little trees in the trail and stuff. I'm like, you know, this is not like a active trail, yeah. You know, so I start try to find my way back, and it's like the trail disappears, you know, and then. <laughs> You and couldn't then, even turn around and go back through the. T- no, I don't even know where I've come from at this point. Yeah. So long you don't story. Know where you're going? <laughs> I don't where you came from. From. Yeah, and I ain't never been on this piece of property before. Yeah, so right. you know, hey, at 15 years old, yeah, you, you, you still wig out. out. Yeah, you know? and so I, I take off in a dead sprint. Oh, right. that, that was smart. <laughs> yeah, that was, and I made up my mind. Go faster. Faster, the, probably the wrong way. Yeah. And I made up my mind that I, I'm going to go at least one direction. Yeah. And, right. it, and then I'm not going to try to zigzag across. I'm gonna, eventually, this is going to come to something. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't for a while. <laughs> and, and, and I, bef- you know, after a while. Yeah. I finally came to a road. Yeah. And you got... Well, it's, it's noon. Yeah. Oh, at this my time, goodness. You know, and so 
I don't know, but there's like a search party now for yeah, me. Yeah, he's pulled out the SWAT <laughs> yeah, team. for me. And so I, I'm, I'm just going to walk this road yeah. back the direction I think it would take me similar to. So anyway, long, long story short, they find me, and I, it's afternoon. Wow. By the time they find me, and he peels a corner, and man, he's hot. And so, the moral of the story related to revival is... <laughs> yeah. You, you need a guide. You need a guide. Yeah. You need a direction, too. And he, he told me, he said, you don't understand... If you miss that road, I'm in Alabama. He goes, what's next is Mississippi. It's <laughs> 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 Mississippi. So I, I, to say all that, if, if you don't know what direction to go, you can get really, really lost and get in a lot of trouble. Well, and the other uh, takeaway from this is, you just revival's not coming to Mississippi. You want to stay? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I think revival is coming everywhere. But uh, you know, Kyle, I think a critical nature of what we're going to talk about today is, and I heard this, learned this truth from a man named Richard on Roberts, who I, I think is he's ninety now, and he's probably the greatest authority on revival um, in our nation. And he, I heard him talk one time about the difference between a merely experience-based revival and a word-based that has the guide, that has the path. And, and, uh, and you can just imagine that the enemy would love when, he gets a, when there's a group of hot-hearted people that are pursuing God, that he would love to get us off on the wrong trail that's going to end up in the wrong place. The Bible talks about some priests who were offering up strange fire on the altar of God, right? And I remember in the early days after the Jesus movement, some kind of aberrations that came up that really got people off track. And, and they weren't uh, getting their instructions from the Word of God. So I want to talk about this for just a, just a minute. And, and I want to use a passage of Scripture that is such a model for us. Uh, it's in the book of Nehemiah. And you know the story of Nehemiah, that the, the, the walls are down, the gates have burnt, been burned with fire. God moves on a, a, a servant's heart who had been taken captive in Babylon. He prays for four months, and, and through just a sovereign act of God, he gets to go back to Jerusalem. He prays at every turn, and we see in the first seven chapters that he rallied the people they rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem in 52 days. It was just a miraculous thing that happened. But that was not the end game. That, that was not where this was all headed. The end game was what happened in chapters 8 and 9 and following. And it records for us one of the greatest revivals in a nation in human history. When it came time uh, for that moment, God had raised up another man uh, who was a very biblically-oriented man. Now, I just want you to notice three, three quick things about this passage. A word-based revival uh, takes leaders who know how to listen to God's Word. So the Bible says in verse uh, chapter 8, verse 1 through 5, that all the people, Nehemiah, Ezra, they came to give themselves to hear what God says. And it's interesting who they turned to. They called out Ezra. And now there's a reason for this, because in Ezra, the book of Ezra, 
chapter 7 in verse 9 and following, it says this about Ezra. The good hand of his God was upon him, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes, God's statutes and ordinances in Israel. Now, here's a man, you know, uh, Jerusalem was in ruins. The nation was in a mess. But there was a guy named Ezra, and Ezra set his heart. This, this gives, literally the Hebrew words have the idea of standing erect and focused. And he set his heart to st- study. This meant, this wasn't a guy that just said, oh, I'm going to read the Bible every few days. I'm going to pay attention to a command or two. No, he studied. He studied the Bible. And you just think, this is not the whole Bible that we have. This was the Old Testament writings and scripture. And, but he set his heart to study it. He was a man who knew, I've got to know what God says. And I've got to have the path for my life, for my people that I'm responsible for. And you just got to know that this was a man, that this was his daily practice. And he set his mind to do three things, to study the law of the Lord and then to practice it. In other words, I'm not just doing this for head knowledge or to preach somewhere. I'm going to live this out and then I'm going to teach this to other people. So when the moment came, when a man was needed to give spiritual guidance, he was ready. Here's, here's Ezra. Uh, and just, just think about how critical this is. It says to us, as we long for, pray for revival and spiritual awakening, where are the men, where are the leaders who have set their heart to study the Word of God and to be able to practice it? They're practicing it and they're teaching it. You know, uh, I'm, I'm uh, 70 years old, just about to turn 70. And I want to tell you something. The Word of God is cumulative. So now I just see in my life how critical it was to get up every day and read my Bible and to study the Bible. I had the advantage as a preacher because I had to preach every seven days. I was forced to study but I just see all that accumulation of biblical truth building up in your soul, and, and you just get more and more and more ready uh, to be able to lead people in the path of life through the scriptures. So here's the question as we think about revival and awakening. Are you a person who has set your heart to seek the Word, seek God through His Word, and to practice it and to teach it to others. And we need this because in times of revival, all kinds of things begin happening and all kinds of experiences begin happening. And you will have people that will say, well, God told me to laugh like a dog. God told me to to jump over this fence. And, 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 And sometimes God will call us to do unusual things. But sometimes somebody else, some other voice, some other spirit is trying to take that movement of God off track. And you're able to say, well, you know, I know the scripture and I know that that's not what God says to do. We need to be a word centered. This to be a word practice revival. Secondly, 
A word-based revival takes leaders who will communicate God's word. Now, I love, I love what chapter 8 says, uh, that they made a little podium for Ezra, a little wooden podium, and he got up before all the people in Israel and Judah, and, and he preached the word of God. And here's what it says in verse 8 of chapter 8. They read from the book, translating to give the sense so that they could understand it. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's one of the greatest passages to me on preaching, on teaching, and all the Word of God. So what was needed in this moment when they were seeking God for revival and awakening? They needed somebody who had studied the Word of God, who knew the Word of God, who understood it, and would stand up and read it, and then translate what that reading meant, so that all the people couldn't understand it. I heard a guy one time say about preaching. He said, it's like a waiter in a good restaurant. My job as a preacher is very simple. It's to get the food from the kitchen to the table without messing anything up. Don't add anything to it. Don't spit in it. Don't mess it up. You just get from God, from his word, what the word of God actually says and means and then you just deliver it to people. And then you don't have to persuade people with clever words or fancy PowerPoints or whatever. Nothing wrong with PowerPoints. You, you don't have to do it. Just let the Word of God do its work. It's powerful. It corrects. It reproves. It trains. It equips people in righteousness. So a word-based revival takes men and women who will study the Bible, right, and, and rightly divide it, cut it straight, don't add anything to it. And then it takes people who are, will depend upon the Spirit of God to do His work through His Word. I was reading not long ago, Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of the great uh, men of revival. He was a Welshman and one of the greatest preachers of the last generation. He said this, the outstanding temptation, the besetting sin of every preacher, myself included, is that after you've prepared your sermons, you feel that all is well. You have your sermon ready for Sunday. Well, that is all right. You have your notes. You can speak. You can deliver the message. But that is not preaching. Wow. Now listen to this. That can be utterly useless. Oh, it may be entertaining, there may be a certain amount of intellectual stimulus and a profit in it, but that's not preaching. Preaching is a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And a man has to realize after he's prepared his sermons that however perfect he may have done so, that it is all waste and useless unless the power of the Spirit comes upon it and upon him. He must pray for that. Wow. So a word-based revival and to keep us on track in revival is we need men and women who know the Word of God. They've studied in the, in the days when the land was desolate and, and there was not a spirit of revival happening. They need to be ready. So when God falls, we're ready to proclaim the Word of God and we proclaim it depending upon God and His Spirit to move on the hearts of people. One little final thing about Ezra. A word-based revival takes leaders who respond first 
themselves to what God is saying. So here is Nehemiah and the leaders. And in chapter 9, when this revival, you know, chapter 9 of Nehemiah is the longest prayer from people in the Bible. It lists all these leaders. And when they heard God's word, they repented. They returned to what God was telling them to do. They confessed their sins. And 35 times, I believe, no, I'm saying that wrong, 86 times in those first verses in chapter 9, they talk about God, 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 God. And then in light of God, they said, Lord, we, I. You hear the personal pronouns after they talked about the name of God, which is the right order. They confessed, they concentrated, consecrated their lives, and they even signed a covenant to say we're going to walk with God in the days ahead. You know, when I think about this, Kyle, I think that if we want to see the revival that we need, it doesn't need to be some little little cloudburst of emotion. Mm-hmm. There will be God. You're not going to not be emotional when God shows up, <laughs> yeah, right. right? Right. But it doesn't need to be driven by sure. that. You yeah. know, it just we need to remember hmm. that it it needs to be based on the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. The feelings, all those things follow. Right. But truth leads the way. You know, right. in that. And man, you're talking about. I, I've been memorizing a passage of scripture and just personal life and preaching, but it's, it's Ezra 7 that he says he, he gave himself to study it, mm-hmm. to do it, mm-hmm. and then to teach Israel. Yeah. Right. You know, and I thought there's this, for Ezra, who was in a revivalistic move of God, mm-hmm. you know, but his part was, I'm going to know the word. I'm going to yeah. know what God has said, what God is saying based yeah. off his word. I'm going to live it. I'm going to live all the way up into it. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I'm going to give it away. Yeah. I'm going to give it away so that others can what? Experience it. They're going to experience it, but they're going to experience God in his word in such a way that it opens and avails them in other ways. And man, we need it again. You know, years ago, after the Jesus movement, uh, there was a little breakout in Toronto, Canada. It became known as the Laughing Revival. Mm -hmm. And, And the reason was because... Uh, in these meetings, people just start laughing, and just for an hour, they'd just be laughing and everything. So, you know, you don't you wonder, okay, God, what are you doing? I had some friends who are really, uh, they've been in revival, they understand revival, they know the Word of God, and they went to some of those meetings. Now, their interpretation was, when I walked in, I felt the presence of evil, and uh, I didn't sense the presence of God at all. Well, I'm not, who knows? Sure. God will sort that out one day. But I'm just saying is, as we're thinking about revival, we better be prepared. Yeah. And the time to get prepared is now. Right. So that we have leaders who can stand up mm-hmm. and give some guidance, explain mm-hmm. the word, right. give some guidance, uh, not quenching yeah. the movement. There are going to be some unusual things. Sure. Some, uh, religious affections, as Jonathan Edwards wrote a whole book about that, right. because of all the things that were happening. But that is based on the Word of God. Yeah, and so. yeah, and God's Word will always guide us. He's not yeah. trying to confuse us. You yeah. know, like that—that that what real fire looks like. Now it might express itself a little different in whatever yeah. way, but you'll find its source. Yeah. You know, you'll find truth in it. And what I love, Bill, about these podcasts is, is that we take moments, we see these truths here, but then we hear from people. Yeah. We hear from people that have. That, that have 
experience things in God's word mm-hmm. that makes them even better prepared mm-hmm. to teach us about what we're hoping for. So we're going to capture one of those moments right now. So just listen in and we'll come back and pray together in a moment. Well, thank you, Bill and Kyle. And wow, I just love it. Every time you guys teach, when you pray, I just love the way God is using this podcast to really stir the hearts of so many leaders and pastors around the country. And one of our desires, Bill, you and I talked about this uh, even earlier uh, this week, is that one of the main reasons for this is when God breaks out, when he comes and visits a church or a community, and and today, in this case, a campus, we want to be able to quickly be able to share that with our audience, with all those who are hungering and thirsting for revival. So Bill, Kyle, here we are. One of our dreams is coming through, and I am so blessed today to have a few minutes of a conversation uh, with Dr. John Avant, who happens to be the president of our sister ministry, uh, Life Action. And that's a ministry, if you aren't familiar with it, that has teams of of young people and adults and revivalists that go into communities and churches and just set aside time to seek the Lord for a movement. And that's exactly what's happened at Howard Payne University. Where's this, John? Brownwood, Texas? Yeah, Brownwood, Brownwood, Texas, a long way from most uh, anywhere, but a, a great place to be right now. And I remember this so vividly as you do. 25 years ago, uh, God broke out at Howard Payne University, first the church at Coggan Avenue, I believe, a Baptist church there in the community, then to the campus. And we connected with each other really for the first time as a result of, of God moving there. And our hearts have been knit together for this happening again. We would pray often, when would John do it again? And, and who knows, it may be happening right now. So John, talk to us. Please talk to us. I am I am so filled with anticipation from the stories I'm hearing of what God is doing. And what's the context? What happened? Why are you there? Uh, what's going on? And I can't wait to hear some stories. Yeah, I'll start talking. You stop me when you want to, because we could talk a long time about what yeah, the right. is doing here. And as, as you said, you and I connected over the first time the Lord uh, uh, moved here in such a powerful way. Um, and... Um, um, you know, the new president of Howard Payne University 26 years ago was a student on his knees in the middle of revival. And I love the way God um, connects the dots from his work in the past to what he's uh, what he does in, in the in the present, what he wants to do in the future. And um, when Dr. Corey Hines uh, came here, um, I guess a, a, a year or two ago. Um, we began to talk about all the Lord had done during those days, and um, he asked if if uh, if we would consider bringing a life action team um, and having um, uh, you know a, a all all week or most of the week event uh, at the school, and that's that's why we're here. So we've got our entire life action red team, and uh, we um, started on uh, Monday, but even even before we started mm. on Sunday, we were at First Baptist Stephenville. Um, I was preaching there and uh, people began to come up to me and tell me um, uh, I, I was a part of what happened 26 years ago. God changed my life 26 years ago and we were just blown away. Um, and so we began to, you know, to, to hope and pray that the Lord would, 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 would do something. But we really came without a lot of 
preconceived notions or, um, you know, we, we, you don't see very often um, what you could really characterize as revival happening in our, in our day. And we're careful about using that word. Yeah. Uh, but we, we started on Monday. Um, they, um, the, the faculty, the administration, the student body, everybody um, was involved. And um, I'd say the first three sessions were pretty quiet, um, uh, you know, well attended for, you know, a campus of this size, but uh, pretty, pretty quiet. And um, we were praying and asking the Lord, you know, just to keep us um, saying what he wants us to say. Our, our team was engaging with students just so well, just loving on students. So they're, they're the age of many of these students. And, um, and then um, Tuesday night, we, we dealt with forgiveness and brokenness. And we had just an amazing flood of people coming and, and sharing the brokenness of their heart and praying with each other. And uh, Byron, you and I have talked earlier about the fact that uh, this generation, I don't know, revival may, may look different or it may spring from different, from different places. Um, 26 years ago, uh, it was um, uh, a lot of open confession of sin, a lot of pornography, um, sexual sin, and of course, we still have that. But really, the beginning of this was more out of, um, I had no idea that I could be healed of what, what uh, was done to me 26 years ago or, or, when, or 20 years whenever, whenever they were a child. Um, one, one said, I haven't talked to my father in years and years, and uh, I'm going to go home and, and, and call him. And the next day was telling us, I heard my father say, I love you. I've never heard that. Um, several were, were reconciling relationships with mothers and, and fathers and um, each other on, on campus. So we were, um, we were, when we finished Tuesday night, we were all saying this was very, very significant. Mm. Um, and then we began to hear that evening and early the next morning reports that um, uh, that there were a lot of questioning going on in the in the dorms um, about um, about salvation, and that um, there were a, a lot of people on the athletic teams. Even there were a lot of people that were just saying, "We don't know if we understand all this. We we don't really know if we believe these things." But um, the people talking to us were very excited, like. The spiritual conversation is a good news, is, is a good thing to be happening in these dorms. So that next morning, I felt led to kind of shift things up, and we um, we just shared the gospel as, as best we could in a simple way. And um, students came to faith by the dozens, and, uh, and it, it was not an easy in, invitation. We gave a very challenging, you know, come and die for Jesus kind of invitation using illustrations of mm -hmm. friends of mine who have given their life on the mission field. And, um, and man, immediately after that, we're, we're hearing stories. Uh, people are talking about, I'm never going to be the same uh, football player <laughs> went to practice that day and said, I feel like I was faster. I'm running up and down the field. I'm turning flips. I, <laughs> I've never experienced anything like this in my life. So uh, so third, uh, Wednesday night, when we gathered back again, um, we, my partner here, Brent, um, we really wanted to be careful 
because of what happened 26 years ago, we wanted to make sure we didn't have our hands on God's glory. We didn't do anything that could be manipulative in any way. I just felt like I needed to um, to be kind of absent from the facilitation of, of any kind of response um, mm-hmm. since I was in the middle of all that years ago. And um, so basically Brent said, um, why don't you share with each other just around your seats what, you know, what, what God has, has done. And, um, and then he, he said, is there anyone, anything you've heard that just needs to be shared, you know, maybe broader? And people began to come forward and they came and they came for a long time. And the, 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 con- the confession of sin, the testimonies, the, the personal revivals, um, people that really haven't known even the language of what revival is talking about. It. I've posted some of those things from students, um, you know, the president and his wife right beside us, you know, tears, hands lifted, worshiping. It was it, it was incredible. I, I have not seen that on a college campus in 26 years. Wow. Uh, and, and, and since then, you know, we just continue to hear those kind of reports. Uh, we've met with faculty and others, everyone just universally excited at what the Lord is doing. And, um, and we're not leaving. We, we're staying to do a full event at the church where I was pastor a quarter century ago, where all this started. And we just had about two hours with their staff today, just an unreal prayer time, just crying out to God for a continuation of this as we move into the local church. So that's a quick wow. story. <laughs> wow, John, I have so many things I want to just dialogue on, and I know we're very limited on time, but uh, you, you, you made an observation early on comparing to 25 years ago, the nature of confession and now uh, for forgiveness. And, you know, your speaker team, which you have dozens of speakers we do throughout the world now, but you have speaker team members, and most of them that have been engaged as revivalists for the last decade or so would say the number one need in the church is bitterness and forgiveness. Yes. And uh, that's evidencing itself in the next generation of uh, students there on campus that bitterness and, and forgiveness. And the other thing that I just found so intriguing is uh, when Brent opened up the microphone for people to begin to share, wow, that's that that whole thing. You we've talked about this a lot. The fame of uh, revival spreads the flame of revival. Revival spreads on the wings of testimonies. And at the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts two, they went and told the mighty acts of God, which is exactly back twenty five years ago. You saw happen in mass across campuses. So, I, so I'm just. Uh, and, and then to see the president responding, uh, that's huge because I think uh, when, it, when leadership participates, man, God can break loose in even greater ways. Now, I, I want to close here just a little bit because I don't think it's providence of God, I think, that in three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, you're going with the same team to a much larger university at HBU. And on the One Cry uh, prayer gathering uh, just a week ago, we had leaders from there crying out to God. John, like ways, I've not heard faculty, administration, and leaders so passionate and so hungry. How, how do you see all this perhaps connecting or the synergy that may come from this? Byron, I, it's hard for me to, to not think God is, is doing something right now on campuses 
that may be fresh and may begin to, like I say, he may begin to connect dots. Um, a man came to me this week and said, um, when I was in seventh grade, I was, I was in your church. I was in the revival, hated it because um, it was so long. And he said, but one of the men, um, one of the one young students led me to Jesus. And he mm -hmm. said, we're both in ministry. And he's right now at Wayland Baptist University leading a campus revival movement. Um, and then I, I talked to the guy that led him to Christ. And he said, man, at, at Dallas Baptist University right now, students are coming to Jesus in very deep ways that we haven't seen before. And, and Byron, as you mentioned, um, Houston Baptist University, which is one of, if not the most racially diverse Christian schools in the country, um, we, we've been a part of both their student leadership retreat, and then I was a part of their faculty retreat to start the semester. Mm -hmm. And faculty members were telling me this will be the most faculty and administration supported and prayed over event in history. Wow. The provost got his life turned around. His whole family changed at a life action event. And so we, we're thinking the same thing, Byron, that, I mean, God's God. He does what he wants, but we're going to go expectant by faith. Amen. We're not seeing an isolated movement here at Howard Payne that we're seeing the beginning of a, a campus revival movement in this nation. And, and John, I think I sent you earlier, right before Howard Painter and in the midst of it, something that I ran across that uh, people, real students of revival historians would know all about J. Edward, Edwin Orr. And he wrote how in that second great awakening, beginning in 1790 and running up through the early 1800s, the, the picture of the condition of campuses at Yale, at Princeton, at Williams, at uh, uh, Amherst, some of these Ivy League schools and, and, and high academic schools, they couldn't find one believer at Harvard. There were only two, I guess, at Yale, and they were burning Bibles. That's what they were doing. And uh, man, I, I read how dark it was, how difficult it was, how hopeless it was. And then God moved. And I'm just saying, hey, nothing's too difficult. What's happening there at Howard Payne, and then I believe it's going to happen at HBU and DBU and elsewhere, isn't going to be limited to these Christian colleges. I think as God moves, the stories are told. I believe the hunger is so deep, the desperation so real. I believe this thing could ignite a much broader move of God. And who knows? Maybe with our friend heading up Christian Union at the Ivy League schools and stories start coming in from students elsewhere, uh, God could sweep across all 4,840 whatever college campuses. So, hey, I'm praying with you to that, John. Thank you for taking time. And uh, I, I just got a feeling we're going to be back with you soon as God continues to expand what he does. And truly, folks, as you listen, totally for his glory. And don't talk about life action. Don't talk about anyone except Jesus and what Jesus is doing, because where he gets glory, he gives glory. And we need his glory. Man, thank you, John. We're going to be back in touch, I'm sure. So appreciate you stepping out of a very hectic schedule in the midst of what God's doing uh, to join this podcast family. Uh, could you pray for just a brief time here, John, for all of our listeners and viewers and uh, how God may want to use this in their hearts? Yes, be glad to. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to just share uh, what you're doing, God, and to, to witness it. Um, and Lord, just to see a little bit of heaven touch earth and 
in ways I haven't seen in a long time. Mm. Uh, thank you for miracles you're working, that the man who led me to Christ, who's 90, woke up on the day this really broke out and told his, his wife that you had spoken to him in the night and to call me and tell me that revival was coming and that Jesus right. was coming soon. And um, Lord, he's never done that in all the years I've known him. I believe, Lord, that we're going to see awakening um, before you return. And Lord, we want to be ready. So Lord, for everybody watching this, Lord, just continue to, to spread the flames of what you're doing and let this just be a start. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I, I just think we can't emphasize this enough, Kyle, that we need to be getting ready now, yeah. understanding revival and the ways of God yeah. and revival now through his word yeah. that we can be used to help guide people in the, in the days ahead. So uh, we want to pray this in. Right. And we want to invite you wherever you are to just pause right now and to pray with us, to pray for yourself, to pray for your pastor, to pray for spiritual leaders that you know, that God will prepare us mm -hmm. uh, because revivals always have leaders yeah. that God raises up and, and we want them to be based, their feet planted in the word of God. So Kyle, yeah. why don't you pray for that and I'll, I'll close our time. Lord, I, I pray in Jesus' name for every listener and just across our country today, that you would help us to be men and women of the word, mm -hmm. that we would love your word, that it would be life to us, that it would be richer than honey, God, that it would be a lamp into our feet and a light to our path, God. So, mm -hmm. Lord, help us to fall in love with you, Jesus, mm -hmm. in your word again, uh, Lord, and then to know the ways of God through the word, God. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I pray for, for the word of God to be more than merely a book, Mm -hmm. something we'd reference as the Bible. Mm -hmm. But it would be, uh, Lord, coming out of your mouth into our spirit, Lord, and it would be shaping us. And so I do pray, God, that our, our ability to discern the word would make us ready for the days ahead. Mm -hmm. And Lord, uh, we, we just believe in faith that you're sending revival yeah. to our nation. We pray around. It would be a worldwide revival. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, Father, as we pray towards that, uh, prepare us, Lord. Mm -hmm. And we pray even now against uh, a strange fire, against false movements, mm -hmm. against the enemy trying to intrude and take us off on a tangent mm -hmm. that would lead us away from what Paul calls simple, pure devotion to Jesus Christ and uh, away from your word. So, Lord, guide us through your word, by your spirit, and uh, fall on us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.